When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today uh, by, by Eric Nalin, Inside Texas publisher. Uh, Eric and I, once a week, uh, do the State of the Program episode, and that's what this is today. Uh, Eric, welcome in. Hey, what's going on, Bobby? Good. You ready to talk about all things Longhorn? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's funny. We think we'll hit a slow period. It's May. It's not going to have a whole lot going on. The team's not even on campus, or much of them aren't. And, uh, and nope, there's no breaks. No, no. Now they're hanging out at Matthew McConaughey's house with, yeah. uh, you know, the Bolitnikoff winner and, and uh, probably the leading candidate for the Doak Walker Award this year. So, hey, Bobby, Bobby, remember when they started the, uh, when Sark got to Texas and everybody was doing the all gas, no breaks and everybody was misspelling breaks. They were kind of outing themselves <laughs> with not being able to spell it uh, between the difference. Now it's now it really is the no breaks. Right. <laughs> I, w- I would agree with that. Um, I, it feels like we went straight out of spring ball into portal recruiting overload. Yep. Uh, essentially. Uh, and that's what we found out yesterday. And that's where I want to start uh, today. I want to talk about Jordan Addison and his recruitment uh, with the Longhorns. Uh, just give you a, a, a piece. I also want to talk about uh, a um, uh, what Steve Sarkeesian said on Tuesday night uh, at a to a group of San Antonio, uh, Texas backers uh, there. I want to talk about the personnel he talked about, as well as the disconnect he had with fans or excuse me with the players last year that he thinks contributed to a a less than ideal season as well as what relationships matter in recruiting Uh, but before we get to all of that I want to start with Jordan Addison because that is the story of the moment on the 40 acres Uh, what are you hearing as the latest Eric well I mean there's definitely brewing confidence on the Texas side probably more so than we imagined Uh, I think at first we were just wondering if they're going to get a a visit and we were thinking probably after the USC visit that we were assuming would take take place this weekend they snuck them in uh, early so that's just telling you how how proactive they're being Um, I mean I I don't want to build up the confidence and the hype on it you know obviously the NIL stuff can swing wildly in a direction and we just saw that with O'Shawn Mathis you got to learn lessons from that uh, but there is some confidence and it wouldn't surprise me at all if Texas was able to pull this off. Now, that's, again, not to say it's going to happen, uh, but I think this visit has gone as well as it can. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's hard. It's kind of a delicate subject to talk about, but, you know, you have to understand the motivation of people to get things done. And I think they're highly motivated to, to finish this and, and get it across the finish line. Now we have to just wait and see if he's going to actually take that visit to USC. Um, I mean, logic dictates that'll probably happen. You know, everybody has representation that is in high demand uh, through NIL. Uh, and so, you know, you would think his representation would want him to go out to USC, but we'll see if that actually happens. Yeah, I mean, the question I have is, you know, clearly, uh, and I know you and I discussed this as well off, off uh, camera, you know, clearly Pitt, uh, the University of Pittsburgh coach Pat Narduzzi uh, appeared troubled enough by the, uh, the possibility of tampering with Jordan Addison by USC to place phone calls to Lincoln Riley, USC's head coach. Uh, Texas uh, apparently did not do that. 
Uh, I say apparently because you, you know you never know. I'm I'm told that they certainly didn't. Even though Brennan Marion had a pre-existing relationship with him, the Texas wide receivers coach, and that's why Texas hasn't been mentioned as some sort of uh, you know bad <laughs> bad actor, bad faith actor here. Uh, they're simply trying to work through uh, the normal recruiting channels, uh, along with NIL. I think uh, eventually will be a uh, a factor for anywhere he goes. The guy's a Blitnikoff Award winner. Uh, but what does that factor of USC uh, being the one that someone pinpointed on and kind of the, the pit head coach kind of pushed on, does that factor into this decision? Does that make Jordan Addison um, not, not want to go there potentially and just have that kind of wrap around, around him? Or is that irrelevant and it's just more posturing by uh, what could be a sour grapes coach in, in pit? Well, I mean, that logically makes sense that because of all the noise around uh, how he went into the portal. I mean, just, you know, it's, it's a bad look when people are assuming where you're going to end up before you're even in the portal, right? Um, logically, you would think that maybe if, if USC was, had a guilty conscience, they would back off. If they don't feel like they did anything wrong, then they're going to go full steam ahead. Um, you know, I've I've checked on the USC side. It sounds like they're going to be pursuing them. Uh, but if, if they don't, then, you know, kind of just <laughs> kind of outed themselves. Either way, it's going to be fishy. Uh, there was just so much noise surrounding one school. You know, there were a lot of assumptions made when Brennan Marion was hired that he was going to try to coax them into the into the portal, and obviously that didn't happen. Uh, so it's going to be interesting if Lincoln Riley gifted Texas with an opportunity to uh, reunite those two. What do you think? Um, you know, we, we also – well, first of all, USC, we think he's going to visit sometime later this week. Uh, as of right now, it may change momentarily. As we're typing this video, we don't know. I'm not, right? I mean, I'm not 100% sure that visit happens. I know that there's some expectations that it will. I'm just not convinced that, you know, there's just a, there's, like I said, there's some optimism on the Texas side and there's highly motivated people to, to, to make him a Longhorn. So we'll see. I mean, I, I guess I would assume that he'll probably take that visit just because if I was his representation, I, I would want him to, but um, I don't know the, all, I don't know the full details of what's going on. So, you know, we'll see that. To me, it would be breaking news if he's going to USC. It wouldn't just be like, oh, we expected that. Okay. Um, Alabama also involved. Uh, he, he was playing catch in Los Angeles a week ago, apparently, with uh, Bryce Young, uh, Heisman winning quarterback uh, for uh, Alabama. Uh, they're thought to be involved as well. Uh, sounds like a three-team race, at least to this point. Yeah, I don't know of anybody else. Um, and I don't know where else he would want to go. You know, he's got, you got Brendan Marion going for him. Uh, you got Lincoln Riley's offense and, and Caleb Williams. And then of course, Bryce Young. I mean, I don't see who else is going to stack up with, you know, with that Ohio state would be attractive, but they've got tons of receivers. And so, um, yeah, I think it's just a three team race. You know, he's, he's looking for uh, the, the right fit, the quarterback that could sling it around. And then of course, all the, uh, the stuff that comes with being a highly marketable player. Next thing I want to bring up to you is something that Sark said on Tuesday, Eric, and get your take on this. Um, he said that, relationship as much as people want to talk about nil or recruiting or what have you and it's in its um effect on recruiting i guess he says that relationships matter as much or more uh in in that category what are you what is your take on on what sark said i mean absolutely they're going to matter more they're going to matter more uh with kids you don't get uh like you know when when guys go into the portal they're going to want some familiarity when they with, with coaches that they talk to they don't want to go into an entirely brand new situation we're seeing how how important relationships are right now which is why addison is giving texas a chance uh, because of his relationship with uh uh and marion you know we've heard that there's a lot of trust between those two so relationships are all about trust 
uh, relationships are about open communication. He's going to need to know the pulse of his players, which, which players are being pulled in different directions, uh, which players are potentially being tampered with. He, it's not just Sark. It's got to be the position coaches have to be great relationship builders as well. So I think as, as the landscape continues to shift, relationships are only going to uh, matter even more. Yeah, and, and, and to, to go further on that even, um, you see something like, uh, you know, we, we were told that it wasn't an NIL decision for O'Shawn Mathis. Right. The money would have been there no matter what at NIL level for, for whoever he chose. Right. And he chose Nebraska. And we put it out there that it was because he wanted to pass rush, not necessarily because Texas right. big donors weren't willing to step up or the NIL piece wasn't a- able to step up, however you want to slice it. Um, right. You know, that just proves that it's, it's not this singular decision level uh, about that. The other thing I would say is, and this is, goes to, I know you've been up for jobs elsewhere before. We all have. We've all tried to hire people that, that had other jobs, and, and we were trying to, it's something I say, everybody else's money is just as green. USC's is just as green as Texas is just as green as A&M's is just as green as Tennessee's Florida's or whomever. Right. Yep. At the end of the day, they have to choose where they want to be if the money is the same. Right. And I think that that's where a lot of this is probably headed and why I think Sark uh, feels that that's an important distinction to make. Yeah, uh, recruiting is going to be even more important long term. You know, um, I think Texas has a lot of good relationships built with kids uh, from the last cycle that are going to end up in the portal. And we'll see if those relationships uh, bear fruit down the road. Um, Question for you. Uh, The Texas going after another receiver in the portal didn't haven't really found a linebacker that they went after hard. They tried with Caleb Johnson, came up short, um, tried with another couple of guys, came up short. Uh, we've been talking about them needing to get a linebacker and a defensive back, a safety possibly in the portal. Doesn't look like a safety is going to happen now. Uh, Sark, though, mentioned a linebacker and a wide receiver he'd like to have uh, in the portal. The, the question I have for you is twofold. One is, of, one is why is Texas um, so offensive heavy in the portal? Uh, is it just a, a factor of this is what they need um, or why have they been unsuccessful in the portal on defense other than Ryan Watts? Well, I mean, there's a, there's a number of factors of why they're more uh, effective on offense. One is, you know, their cell, their cell is better. Uh, you know, who, want, who doesn't want to go play wide receiver with Sarkeesian? You know, they had a Heisman Trophy winning uh, wide receiver. Four guys went in the first round uh, in two, two consecutive or in two, two years. Um, so the sell, first of all, is better. Uh, they've got young quarterbacks to sell. That's exciting as well. Uh, playing with Bijan is exciting. Uh, so just, you know, Sark's reputation, that, that, that kind of goes without saying. But it's also a way to, I think, change the game, uh, change individual games uh, more robustly. You know, Xavier Worthy adds, uh, or not Xavier Worthy, well, I guess him too, really. <laughs> uh, but Jordan Addison would add what? You know, a touchdown a game, what did he score? You know, it, sure, there's going to be some diminishing returns and he'll take touches from other guys that would have scored, but but they're elevating their overall bottom line, their, their scoring average, uh, more so than they would by by one of a guy that's one of eleven. You know, I mean, Addison is a force multiplier. Um, the linebacker that they would have got, you know, uh, none of the guys that they've they've pursued would have been all that great. You know, who's the best linebacker they went after? They're nowhere close to a, an award winner like like Addison is a, as a Blitnikoff Award winner in the first round draft pick. 
So kind of the guys that became came open were the guys that can affect the bottom line the most. It, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, they're going to, I said, it's going to be a season of holiday bowls. It's because, you know, those holiday bowls that Texas played in were so wild for, for so many years. It's going to be like that. And, but uh, while, while they're scoring points and uh, long-term, they're going to try to build up the defense. I think Art Bryles, you know, if you see how he built Baylor, it was offense first. And then as they started scoring and, and, and playing exciting football, then he built the defense out over time. And I think he's going to take that same approach, but first and foremost, he has to win. Now, these are the best players that he can get and they're going to help him win sooner. Um, and, you know, his, his, his early tenure at, at Texas is going to be decided by whether or not he can put points on the board. Here, here's something that, that I think you'll find interesting, Eric. Of the top 15 players in the transfer portal, according to On3, only two of them are on defense. Hmm. That, yeah. that, that means that he's really going where the talent is going, right? I mean, yeah. if he's right. trying to attract these top guys, uh, and he's gotten two of them already in, in Quinn Ewers and Isaiah Nayor, uh, in that regard. Uh, and I think he's basically playing the hand he's dealt at some level, right. right? If you watch the games last year, it felt like he, you know, when Texas was on offensively and we saw it a number of times throughout last season, particularly early in games, it, it really felt like he had a joystick, like he was in control of the game. Now he didn't have the personnel to really uh, carry that through 60 minutes, uh, but now he does. So he's going to have the joystick for much more of the game than he had last year. And I think it, it's, it's his way of feeling that he's going to be in control of each game going into it. Um, we mentioned that on to uh, going back to this wide receiver and linebacker, he mentioned on Tuesday in San Antonio that he's still looking for a wide receiver linebacker, Jordan Addison, obviously a, a wide receiver. Another one that, uh, Jerry Hamilton has reported. And I don't, I'm not sure if, if you and, and Justin have talked about him yet is Tariq Milton out of, uh, Iowa state as a possibility, kind of a backup slot mentality since Texas did lose three wide receivers just yep. a week and a half ago to the portal. Yeah, they lost three guys that could potentially play slot uh, if they needed to. And so it makes a lot of sense. He's a quality player. You know, it's uh, you know, I don't think he's an NFL guy, but, you know, there's there's burgeoning leagues out there that he might have a shot at to make a, make a living, uh, you know, USFL or or wherever. Um, so he's a he's a he's a quality player. Texas, I think he had a good game uh, this year in Ames. So so Texas fans should remember him. Um, I'm not sure what the status is on that one. He, that He's been pretty quiet. It, it, everything has been quiet on him. So. Sarkeesian, it, it is interesting that Sarkeesian feels pretty confident that they're going to add another wide receiver. He didn't mention who, obviously, uh, but if you're going to say you're confident, you've got a, you've probably got a plan, and then you've got a backup plan, and then you might even have a third backup plan after that. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, I mean, I think Texas fans are, are probably you know crossing their fingers for Jordan Addison, and so is probably Steve Sarkeesian at, at some level, but um, there has to be a backup uh, along the way somewhere for Jordan Whittington, who has been uh, – at the very least, uh, uh, I guess, nicely put, injury prone uh, throughout his career. And I'm not saying Jordan Addison would be a backup. I'm saying that, that right now there's nobody really backing him up unless you're relying on a true freshman in Brennan Thompson. Yeah, you would uh, you would probably run more 12 personnel and play Billingsley more. You could you could put Worthy there without a doubt and uh, keep Nair outside. You, you can you can work some things around for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it obviously, you know, you don't want to depend on Jordan's health, but also I'm, I'm trying, I'm remaining optimistic on Jordan. I think he's passed the chronic issues and I think he just had bad luck last year. And you're talking about Jordan Whittington. Yeah, <laughs> we got to, the, there's Jordan Whittington and Jordan Addison. We have to make sure that's to keep those uh, correct. Um, next thing I want to mention to you is the, you know, he, at Sark on Tuesday talked about his own shortcomings last season. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. 
When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Texas finishes five and seven. Uh, Really did not play well at certain points. Uh, to to uh, To his credit, the offense in most first halves looked really, really good when he could actually control things. Uh, but as the game wore on, the defense just wore out and uh, they, they found themselves, uh, you know, in a lot of one score losses. I think they were two and five or, or two and six last year in one, sto- one score games. Um, he, he said he, he kind of pinned that a little bit on a disconnect that he didn't realize was happening between he and his players uh, saying as much as, hey, I didn't realize that I didn't I wasn't spending enough time with them because we had a bunch of construction going on. So they were in the visiting locker rooms at times last year. They were not, you know, as involved. This year, he pointed to a couple of rule changes that are going to allow his coaching staff to be more involved. Uh, that includes two hours of, uh, uh, the NCAA is now allowing two hours of in-classroom work and two hours of on-field work with the coaches uh, in the in, in the offseason, essentially, uh, as opposed to zero of both, Right. Right. Um, and so, you know, as you think about it in, in, in his thought process on that and what he's really meaning by that, do, do you see where he's coming from? Is that, do you feel like that's a cop-out? Do you think that, uh, that, that there's probably some validity to it? Uh, I think there's probably some validity to it, uh, mainly because it's his first year uh, and every, everybody was new to him to begin with. You know, if this was year three, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't believe that. You wouldn't buy yeah, that. I think that's a great point. I think that's a great point because year one, you're just, you're getting to know the, you're getting ready. You're getting to know the, the, the secretary's name, much less your own players. I mean, it's not, you're yeah. coming in uh, with a fresh start. That's a great point, Eric. Yeah, no, I think he's very introspective and I can see him coming to a conclusion that he needed to be better in that regard. Uh, but I, I think it's also just a sign that he takes relationships seriously. Um, and, you know, I've all, you know, I've heard that the team is closer. I've heard the team's closer to the coaches. Uh, and, you know, we reported that, you know, when Gary Patterson came in, he made it, he's made it a, a point to get to know each player. Uh, doesn't matter what side of the ball is and let, like, really get to know him, ask questions that you, 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 you're not just, you know, shooting the bull with a guy, you're really trying to get to know him. So I think that's kind of an across board thing that they're doing. Um, and I've talked to team sources about it relatively recently. And, and, you know, these guys do like the coaches and, and I think the, co- I think it's pretty uh, apparent that the coaches have been doing a good job. Uh, the new guys too, choice and, and Marion are, are very popular uh, coming out of spring ball where the players got to know them. Uh, you hear about players that are on the opposite side of the ball, liking those coaches. So I think they're making a concerted effort to, to just become closer and bond more. Uh, taking it to recruiting uh, the long, Longhorn coaches are on the road right now. Uh, what are you hearing from a feedback perspective and where do you think recruiting is overall right now for the Longhorns? Yeah. I mean, if you just go to any school in the, uh, in, in Dallas or Houston or, or wherever, uh, you're going to hear one of the high school coaches going to tell you, Oh, so-and-so was just here the other day, or they were here earlier today. You know, I talked to, I talked to Steve Baser at San Antonio Burnham in the morning and I, uh, he had just had uh, Blake Gideon there. And then yesterday afternoon, I went to Cy Woods. And as I was uh, pulling up, uh, Bo Davis was leaving. You know, what are the, what are the chances of that? They're, those chances don't exist unless they're really hitting the road hard. Uh, and so that's that's the main takeaway. Um, you know, I, 
I think they're in a great spot. You know, it's been a buildup for, for June is what we're saying. Uh, we're we're going to watch the official visits. You get it. You get a lot of fact patterns based on the official visits. They're going to tell you a uh, potential timeline for the recruit. If they're bringing in a guy during the summer, then that means that they think he's going to make an earlier decision. If, if not uh, like a David Hicks or a Ruben Owens, that decision might come a little bit later in the season or, or even after the season. So that's one thing we're watching. Um, but, you know, I think their board is crystallizing a little bit more, but there's still a lot of questions about, you know, who do they really want and who are they recruiting? You know, some guys are some guys are being recruited. Some guys are being recruited to shut down as soon as possible. And there, there's a difference. And that's still hard to tell. Uh, and it's it's even harder to uh, <laughs> to communicate to our readers because, you know, you don't want to say say too much. It's not our place. So. I think recruiting's in a great spot. You know, everything's still waiting on that sort of uh, cosmic boom that would come if, uh, if, if and when they get Arch Manning. Uh, yeah, we talked about that and uh, Arch Manning. Sam Spiegelman of uh, On3 was there uh, on Monday to have a, a conversation one-on-one -on -one with Arch Manning. Uh, Manning says he's not really any closer to a decision. Uh, Texas certainly involved, Georgia, Alabama, other schools. He even mentioned Florida and LSU to some degree, although not to the degree you talked about the other three schools, uh, we still are hearing, correct me if I'm wrong, that Eli Holstein may be committing or choosing Alabama fairly soon, which we think might put Alabama out of it, out of the running for, for Arch in that category, uh, simply because you don't want to go where another highly ranked quarterback's going in the same year. Uh, you know, where, what is your overall take on that recruitment? And then I asked this of, of Jerry Hamilton too, Based on, based on that recruitment, and you're talking about a cosmic boom, what, what exactly do you mean by cosmic boom? Are you talking about multiple players? Are you talking about a handful of players? I mean, how many are you talking about him, his commitment uh, uh, possibly affecting? Yeah, I read the, I read the Spiegelman interview, and I, I love Sam. Uh, I think he's awesome, and he just provides a wealth of information. But to me, that interview read like it could have been from the previous June or, you know, from last June when he made the rounds. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to give much publicly. And so uh, I read it. It was interesting. I liked his statement about he could make a decision now or, or before the season or during the season or after the season. That was real illuminating. Uh, you know, <laughs> that was just kind of uh, that was kind of just his tell that, yeah, I'm not going to give you all much to go on, which which you understand. Um, I know everybody's, you know, you never want to count out Alabama. It seems kind of crazy to even think about it, but I've, I've kind of had this as a two horse race for quite a while uh, between Texas and Georgia. Um, and I think that's really what it's still coming down to at this point. I think Alabama kind of senses that. And that's why they picked up the heat on, uh, on Holstein, who is very talented in his own right. Uh, so I'm, I'm just watching it between Texas and Georgia mainly. Um, you know, a cosmic boom means that, you know, if it happens, if Texas gets it, then you just sit back and, you know, you're going to, you're going to, hit all your top targets and say, Hey, you see in the new cycle, you know, what's going on, but you're also going to sit there and wait to see who calls you out of the blue uh, guys that you probably hadn't heard from in two or three months, or maybe the, 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 the one time you talked to them was when you offered them and then they didn't show much interest after that, they're going to show more interest. You know, you're going to, you're going to have some unsolicited phone calls of, of top players, just at least wanting to build that or start building a relationship or take a closer look. So it's going to be a big attention getter. Uh, it's going to get their foot in the door with some players that they might not otherwise. Uh, and it's, you know, it's going to, it's going to change things a little bit. It's going to clarify their board. Um, you know, guys that are good players that could are, are more than deserving to be in a typical Texas class might not have room. Any names that you would add to the list of people? I mean, Jerry and I talked about this with whether it's Ruben Owens or Jonte Cook or Harris Sewell, any other names you think that, that uh, uh, Arch Manning might also bring to the table somehow? 
Uh, I mean, you know, I think it would help a little bit with uh, Cedric Baxter if they needed. It's, you know, who does it help with is, is the key. It's going to be incumbent on the coaches to take advantage of it. Uh, but, you know, it helps with Jalen Hill. It doesn't mean that he's not going to go to Alabama or Ohio State, but it helps. So those guys that it helps with, you have to go exploit that. Uh, you know, there's going to be guys nationally that we're not even talking about right now, I imagine, probably an offensive lineman or two that are just going to take a harder look. Um, Sewell, yeah, Sewell's going to be a good one. You guys, but guys are going to, like I said, their board is going to clarify quicker because guys are going to look look harder at, at committing, uh, you know, in June and July. Um, Eric, uh, anything? Th- thank you for doing this. Anything you want to add that you're you're looking out for this week, other than the Jordan Addison news, uh, or or uh, anything to do with Texas on the field or off the field, anything like that? Um, you know, I don't bother sources nearly as much this time of year. Uh, you know, just they know to hit me up if there's anything interesting going on. But obviously, we're all checking the Addison thing like it's, you know, it, like like we do four or five times a year. It's 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 madness. Uh, I'm looking forward to the state track meet. I'll be there Friday uh, before the state track meet. I'm going to San Marcos scrimmage uh, tomorrow night to see uh, Ori Williams, a giant uh, 2024 offensive lineman that has going to be a, has a chance to be a top 50 national player, in my view. I just like this time of year because you get to see players, uh, you know, you get to not just see them, but see how they work, uh, talk to their coaches. Everybody's just a little more accessible uh, instead of dealing with the schools. You just go straight to the field and talk to them. Gotcha. Um, Eric Nalin, publisher, InsideTexas.com. This is our once a week program called the State of the Program, where we uh, basically talk about the Longhorns, anything and everything. Eric, thanks for joining. Uh, I'm Bobby Burton. You guys have a good one. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.